Hello, I'm Dylan. And I'm Keon. And this is Zenith, that podcast where we were dead as soon as we came out of cover because this week we watched Time Squad. Written by Terry Nation. Directed by Pennant Roberts. Hey, it's Pennant Roberts. <laughs> and aired on January 23rd, 1978. Yeah, episode four. Pennant Roberts, a name we recognize from Doctor Who. Yeah, I don't remember what he, what he did uh, for I, Doctor I Who. I couldn't name anything he directed <laughs> at all. But I recognize the name. So, you know, that's all that matters, really, is that I recognize the name. So, and that I know how to pronounce the name. So that's also, that's also a good thing. Yeah, yeah, the, the Doctor Who credits will continue uh, as the show goes on. And, and yeah, the, the show's starting to feel more and more like Doctor Who. You know, this, this episode and, and the next, uh, which I'm only bringing up because we're recording it right after this one, I feel like condensed doctor who stories almost you know just sort of stories that uh, the next doctor one who more so w- yeah the next one more so just feel like stories that doctor who would do over four episodes that this one that this show did in one <laughs> anyway so when i heard the title time squad i was like are they introducing time travel into the show already Ta- kind, see kind of yeah <laughs> When a show introduces time travel, it typically means they've run out of ideas already. <laughs> and, Terry! <laughs> and they're scraping the bottom of the barrel, so to speak, by introducing time travel. So, you know, whatever that says about Terry Nation and episode four <laughs> of Blake 7 to you, you know, that's up to you. But, but begin- no, it's, it's not real time travel. It's just... Well, yeah, but still. <laughs> it begins... Uh, with the crew having inexplicably in the past apparently like 10 minutes i guess all learned how to control the ship just completely flawlessly (laughs) just absolutely perfectly they all know exactly what button to push for everything the uh the set actually looks done now this might just be my imagination but i think sort of the lighting effects in the back like the blue and orange tint is like new slash finally done or maybe I just wasn't paying attention before, but I, it looks good, I guess. So Yeah, it looks pretty good. And yeah, apparently everyone knows how to do things on the ship. Villa's like actually doing things, <laughs> which was the biggest surprise, let's be honest. Uh, they, well, they set a course to wherever Somewhere. they were going at the end of the last Kent episode. Road, I think. No, I think. That's at the end of the episode. At the beginning of the episode, they're going to Saurian Major. Oh, right. How at can I end, forget Saurian Major? At the end of the episode, they go to, to Kentaro. But yeah, they plot this course for for Saurian Major. And yeah, I forget how they resolve the cliffhanger at the end of the last episode. I think they just run out. They just, <laughs> the like, Federation oh, ships don't even see them. <laughs> and Blake's like, if they see us, we can outrun them in this. And then I think Villa's like, we could outstroll them in this. Yeah, that was an interesting line, but uh, yeah, also kind of uh, similar to the classic Doctor Who cliffhanger, where they just resolve the cliffhanger just in the stupidest way possible. <laughs> and the quickest way possible. This, this is legitimately the first three minutes of the episode that just brush aside this Federation patrol, which is weird because they use the Federation patrol as a plot device in the very next episode again. Yeah, something tells me they're going to be using this a lot throughout the, the series. <laughs> the Federation patrol is just going to be the mysterious background off-screen enemy. Anyway, there's a uh, an unidentified ship nearby. Also, seems to be a running theme throughout this show. It's 
letting out this mechanical signal. Well, actually, first, Avon and Blake enter this argument about going to to Soyan Major and Blake's like, you can just get off whenever you want. And Avon's like, yeah, we, but we said everything's going to be discussed by the entire crew. And Gan's like, well, I'm with Blake. And then that just kind of ends the discussion. <laughs> yeah, there's there's this weird line at the, at the very beginning where Blake goes... Uh, up until now, we've only been a minor thorn in the Federation side. And, like, you really haven't interacted with the Federation all that much. <laughs> yeah, Terry Nation's having a difficult time keeping his timeline straight <laughs> with this show. Because, yeah, like I said, it seems like in the past 10 minutes, the entire crew's learned the entire ship. Because this takes place right after the last episode. And all of a sudden, Villa and Gan are just completely comfortable with this ship. So Terry! <laughs> Chris Boucher just... Head in his hands, looking at these scripts. No, no, I, I don't know. I don't know how much of this was Terry Nation's fault. Probably most of it. Probably I mean, considering most of it. Terry wrote these scripts in like a week. That's <laughs> <laughs> what we call guerrilla TV making. <laughs> but yeah, this this unidentified ship's letting out this distress beacon. It's it's like a mechanical signal and. <laughs> Jenna's looking at the screen and the screen is like obviously just an array of lights that they put on the board and there's one light that's blinking to show the ship and so Jenna asks Zen to put it on the big screen and it looks like they just filmed the blinking light on the board and zoomed it in and <laughs> and played it on the screen because it looks exactly the same as what Jenna was looking at and this is wow and uh, so they want to you know investigate but for some reason, Zen won't make the maneuver that they need to do to 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 get the ship on board because it's a smaller um, like vessel that they can just bring on board. Uh, yeah. But they're they're having trouble with Zen and and just the computer systems in general. And Gan makes this comment like, "Well, maybe Zen has a limiter," and Villa's like, "What's a limiter?" <laughs> <laughs> Gan's like, "Oh, you uh, you don't know about uh, limiters? Wow, no, no, he doesn't say that. He just explains it." He says that maybe something or someone is uh, controlling Zen and stopping him from doing what they want him to do. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so, mysterious. Yeah, not that they really go anywhere with that in this episode, at least. Well, it's just kind of a setup for the not really that big reveal later on with Gan. Yeah, it is. There <laughs> is actually, in this episode, there is actually a, a lot of... Um, foreshadowing that you wouldn't necessarily know about or catch uh, or catch if you don't know what's coming mm-hmm. but i'm not gonna spoil it obviously great <laughs> so blake because he's blake because and the show's named after him is like i'm gonna teleport over to that ship uh, let's see who am i gonna take with me today <laughs> it's gonna be jenna <laughs> you're up jenna you drew the short end of the, s- the stick so to speak and she's like okay yeah i mean come to think of it it always does just seem like blake chooses and then whoever he chooses is like ah oh, i don't want to go <laughs> rather just stay on the safety of this ship that can just outrun and destroy anything in its path who remembers all like crossing their fingers like please don't pick me please don't pick me it's like how you, when a teacher is like picking someone from the class and you try not make eye contact with them because you feel like if you make eye contact they'll pick you you're like just looking at your paper like don't pick me don't pick me don't pick me well yeah he he, uh, he picks Jenna so they beam down to the to ship. the ship it's, and it's really small <laughs> like, yeah, like really, really small, small. Not even enough room for them to stand up. And there are these pods in the ship 
And they're like, hmm, what are these? So they, they open one of the uh, lids, and it, there's people inside. Yeah. There's not enough space for Jenna and Blake to stand, but there's four pods on this ship, which means there's supposed to be enough space for four people. It's going to be a really cramped landing. Well, once we find out, or once Avon like hypothesizes what the ship was for later, it kind of makes sense. Kind of. They. You think they'd make the the the, the pod big enough to at least accommodate them like standing up, but you know maybe the, uh, we really don't know what the context context of was when uh, this was created. So you know whatever. <laughs> Blake and Jenna are investigating everything. Zen mentioned before they teleported over that there's. There's just enough oxygen for the two of them for a little while, but not a long time. They find that out pretty quickly when they start running out of breath. <laughs> and then <laughs> they're like, Avon, teleport us back. And it cuts to Avon. It's like, ooh, sorry, can't. <laughs> and I was like, Avon, are you just trying to kill him now? Because Gan and Villa are standing right there. And I thought Gan was going like, to bring him back. But then, but then Avon's like... Turns out the computer system just blew. It just, it just inexplicably, completely not my fault, just fried itself. And I was like, right, sure, Avon, sure. But then Gan also says like, yep, can't bring you back. So, you know, I guess I believe Avon. So Blake's like, okay, well then bring us into the cargo bay. And, and Avon's like, but Zen doesn't want to do that. And he's like, well, then pilot it manually. <laughs> Avon's like, but I don't but know I, how to pilot. I, I can't. Blake's like, then figure it out. And Yvonne's like, but it's going to be really hard. It's going to be hard. I don't want to. Shut up, Avon. Yeah, it kind of does seem like Avon is just coming up with every excuse not to bring them back. But he does. He he pilots the he, he pilots the Liberator and, and makes the uh, near impossible maneuver to bring them back on. Yeah, they, they try this to make it really tense. This scene was probably just one of those scenes that it, it was really tense, and I actually enjoyed it, but it, it was definitely just a time-wasting thing. <laughs> they spent five minutes getting the pod on the ship. Yeah, it looks like they're going to start using Zen not working conveniently as as time-wasting plot <laughs> elements. He's just going to be the canine kept in the TARDIS for the entire story. It's like a really big element of the next episode, too. So... Yeah, but like Gan's like trying to pilot some stuff, and then Avon's like, "Let me, let me, let me, let me take over here." <laughs> you don't know what you're doing, Gan. Let me do this. And Gan's like, "You're going too quick. You're going too quick." And I'm like, "How? How would any of you know? You're all criminals, and none of you who were like pilots in your past life." Like Where's Avon Villa during all of this. <laughs> Villa's just sitting there, not doing anything, because then when Avon actually gets the ship on board, Villa's like, "Ah, nimble hands. With the right upbringing, you could have been a good pickpocket." Avon's like, "Right, whatever, Villa." <laughs> Again, probably just Chris Boucher and Paul Darrow just going over the scripts and giving Avon all the cool bits. <laughs> well, Villa has the best line in the show so far and probably forever in this episode, so... Which is... When they're, on the, we'll planet, there. when they're on the planet, Villa's like, I'm gonna live forever or die trying. <laughs> all right, whatever. <laughs> so they bring the pods on board and, and Avon goes... Well, of the pod, singular, and they Avon goes... in inside with Gan and Blake and Jenna. They somehow all cram themselves in there and, and Avon's got his long pointy stick out again. <laughs> He's investigating. He's like, looks like they've been put into a cryo, cryo stasis. Except it's not actually cryo 
because there's no like freezing involved. I mean, I mean, I guess there's freezing, but it doesn't look like they're encased in like ice or anything. I mean, yeah. I well, they are probably... they are really cold. And Blake said, well, Jenna says it when they're on the ship, like, oh yeah, they lower their body temperature a lot to slow the aging process and basically freeze them for ever. And Blake mentions that when he touches the pods, they're cold. Yeah, so because it's sort of like a hibernation type thing. So yeah. they're they don't know how old they are, but. I think Avon guesses hundreds of years old. Well, he says that the the voyage was definitely extra solo because they wouldn't be in cryostasis if they were only traveling within their solar system. They, and by they, I mean Avon, make some hy- hypotheses about uh, what these people were. I think he says that they were probably going to invade other planets or something like that. He keeps it vague. Well, he doesn't really know because he says there's no weapons that he can see on board. So he's like, well, either they were planning to meet species that were peaceful or we're missing the point entirely. Well, considering what they do as soon as they wake up, it's probably not the case. <laughs> it's probably the case that they're missing the point entirely. <laughs> but they kind of just ignore that for now because they go off to do, they go off to, uh, to go annoy the Federation some more. <laughs> well, Blake decides that they're going to wake the people up. One of them's already dead, so of the four pods, you can count one out. <laughs> one of them's dead already. So they they leave the, the pod and they're like, okay, well, well, we'll just wait till they, they wake up, I guess. We'll just continue on to Zorian Major. And, and so they continue to Zorian <laughs> Major at normal speed by two. Zen refers to all distances as spatials which I'm not sure is if it's Terry Nation trying to sound sci-fi or if it's Terry Nation not knowing what a reasonable distance would be, so he invented his own one. Probably both. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds cool, though. So So they they, they get there, and Blake, Villa, and Avon... Yeah, Blake picks Villa and Avon (laughs) for this job. He tells Villa that he needs his, like... He needs his, like, tools and his, his expertise in, in lockpicking, I guess. Villa doesn't do anything. Well, actually, he does. He does he one thing. He picks the lock. Thing. He does one thing. And he needs Avon because Avon... Is just a part of everything. <laughs> yeah, because Avon's Paul Darrow. <laughs> Paul Darrow and Chris Boucher are, like, best buds. Yeah, I didn't notice this when watching through the first time, but... Yeah, Avon really does get to do everything on the show. And he gets to be the like snarkiest more... of all of them. Yeah. Yeah, it is very apparent now watching it again and knowing that. <clears throat> but they get down to the planet and uh, surprise it's a rock quarry. <laughs> BBC rock quarry number two. <laughs> but they make it interesting this time by putting an orange filter, like you mentioned, over it. <laughs> yeah, they... interesting, I mean, just different. Yeah, they just tint everything orange and call it good. And they film in the daytime instead of the nighttime. I actually wouldn't be surprised if this was the same quarry from last week, just in the daytime with an orange filter applied. No, no, there's some shrubs around, so it's, it's definitely a different place. Blake, like, falls down along rock slides, which could be the same one from last week. He probably just gets to the bottom and is like, damn, why do I keep falling down these goddamn rock slides? Yeah, this scene looked like... It was just it was it was done really like really poorly because it, it was just Gareth Thomas just rolling down the hill. You can tell he was just purposely rolling down. <laughs> well, so they like kind of spit up. I don't remember why they spit up, but like Avon and Villa have gone off to go do something, look for the like, resistance we scout members. We got the area. We got to split up because that's always a good idea. Blake's like explained the history of this planet. Like apparently it was 
just a peaceful planet and the Federation did the usual nonsense to it. And it was like a colony and the Federation intervened. And just like killed all the colonists and established like a communications base there. And so the the reason why they're going there, Blake says, is to blow up the communications base because if they're blind, you know, it's a lot harder for them to do things. And Gan's like, well, Avon, when he doesn't want to, Gan's like, yeah, if, for a smart guy, you're pretty dumb. I mean, if they're blind, they can't track us. So it's easier for us to get away. And Avon's just like, whatever, Gan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this operation does seem like it would just be a minor thorn in the Federation side, even though they want to become more of a major thorn, <laughs> I guess. I mean, where's the dividing line between minor thorn and, and major, major thorn? thorn? I mean, I don't know, but this is definitely on the minor thorn side. Come on, Step it up, Blake. Step up your acts of terrorism, I guess. Step up your terrorism game, Blake. <laughs> Oh no, someone's going to take <laughs> take that sound bite out of context. Anyway, uh, they fail right away. <laughs> because Blake is confronted by Callie, member number seven. Who's telepathic for some reason. In the reason. same way that Susan is, in that it's brought up now and <laughs> almost never again, I think. <laughs> Well, next I think th- I think week. they do- no, they do it a little more <laughs> than Susan. I just wanted to get that jab in there. <laughs> they actually do things with it. Yeah, so Callie basically beats Blake up thanks to the element of surprise, but then Blake gains the upper hand on her by using the oldest trick in the book <laughs> <laughs> by looking into the right and he's like, <gasps> and Callie's like, what? <laughs> and then he just jumps and leaps at her, and Blake's like, well, you can't read minds because otherwise you would have seen that one coming. Yeah, because she's been communicating with him telepathically, so she's been channeling her thoughts into his mind, um, so her mouth hasn't been moving when she talks and whatever, mm-hmm. um, but she, she can't read Blake's mind. Yeah. She, she then talks she talks regularly to blake when blake starts talking with her the second time for whatever like, reason oh, so you can speak normally or something like that and she's like yeah yeah i can and blake's like oh okay that that's kind of cool i guess okay and then avon jumps out of the bushes and he's like surprise <laughs> well first villa pops out because callie's like okay come on out i know you're there and villa comes out and then avon's like surprise you were dead as soon as you broke cover and then callie's like oh i didn't know you had three <laughs> blake's like trying to tell her that he's looking for the resistance base and she's like yeah yeah but i didn't see anyone land and blake's like why would i use the landing pad if i was looking for the resistance base callie's like i guess that's a good point <laughs> so callie explains sort of what's going on um how she was a member of another species who was sent to this planet to aid the resistance but the resist- resistance fell so yeah. uh now she's here just she's the only one left <laughs> kind of suspicious you know if i was blake i'd be like well that's kind of suspicious that you're the only one left <clears throat> but no as as we've seen and will continue to see blake just doesn't <laughs> find anything suspicious he just blindly trusts kelly <laughs> Which I guess turns out to be a good thing. Well, for all of one day. (laughs) Well, it wasn't her at the beginning of... uh, We'll get there in the next episode, I guess. So they head off to the Resistance base. uh, Quote-unquote base. uh, Yeah, they infiltrate it. They sneak by some guards. Meanwhile. By sneak by, I mean just run by, even though it looks like the guards could totally see them. 
<laughs> Meanwhile, on the Liberator, Callie and Yan are having the time of their life. Jenna. God. <laughs> Jenna and Yan. There's a lot of characters to keep straight. <clears throat> There's only seven. Six. And only. Basically, basically six because Zen just kind of doesn't. Zen's just a computer. <laughs> Jenna and Yan are having the time of their lives. By which I mean they're having a pretty bad time. <laughs> they keep checking up on the pod and nothing's really happening. But when they leave, we see the shot of like one of the guys waking up. So you're like, oh no, what's going to happen? Yeah, Jenna, I think, she goes into the room and she's like, I could have sworn we we uh, left the uh, the viewing Scoops. lids, lids uh, open. So she opens one of the pods and surprise, the guy's not in there. She's like, she kind of just doesn't react to this for some reason. She kind of just looks at the other guy and just closes the lid. And she's like, well, that's weird. And then she leaves <laughs> and gets attacked. Yeah. But before that, there was actually a scene where Gan explains his, like, his backstory. Actually, this is, uh, actually, Info dumps his backstory. This is after this. Yeah, it's a little later. Yeah, Info dumps his backstory right after this because Jenna escapes the room by. By biting the guy's hand. Yeah, so she she or makes arm, it away. Actually. Yeah, she makes it away from the guy, but he's still at large, I guess. Well, she kind of locks him into the the airlock, I guess, or the cargo bay. So he's got his arm through the crack in the door, and she bites it so that he'll take it out. He closes. She closes the door, and then so Gan's like, "Well, I'll go take care of them." So Gan. So what happens is Gan goes off screen. And then, you know, we cut to Blake and the crew doing whatever, and we cut back, and, and Jenna's like, hey, Gan, where are you? <laughs> Gan's, like, knocked out on the on the, car, on the yeah. floor. But the guys escape the cargo room, and, and Jenna's like, oh, no, what's, oh, no. Oh, no. So I, I think Jenna gets confronted again, and uh, <clears throat> Gan tries to save her, but he has a real tough time pulling the trigger. Yeah, there's, like, a scuffle. I, Jenna has got a gun and she's trying to use it on the guy, but she's got a gun. No, <laughs> but the guy like snuck up on her, so she like dropped the gun in the initial confrontation when he tries to stab her, and then so they were kind of fighting over the gun. The guy picks up the gun and looks like he's gonna shoot Jenna, but then he just drops it because I guess he doesn't know how to use it. <laughs> and then Gan comes in with a gun and distracts the guy, and then Jenna picks up the other gun and and shoots the guy. And then this is when Gan explains that. <laughs> He's got a cybernetic implant. Yeah, he has a limiter installed. There was a, a foreshadowing shot of this before where you zoom in on, on like the crown of Gan's head and you're like, what am I looking at right now? <laughs> but then you find out that it's his limiter. Mm -hmm. So he, had, so he at, like he hypothesizes with Zen, has a limiter installed which prevents him from taking violent actions because, well, the reason why he was, uh, why he's a criminal, I guess is because he killed a security guard for killing uh, his, his woman, woman, he, he says. says. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, it was self-defense. The guard had a gun and I didn't, but they still put me away for murder. And I'm like, he's explaining it like this should make Jenna just absolutely hate him. Like, you realize that everyone else on the ship has killed, like, way more than one person, right? Like, <laughs> there's absolutely no reason why anyone on the ship would be angry or mad with you for killing one person, especially if they killed, like, your woman and it was self-defense. Yeah, I mean, they're all wanted criminals here. Um. Although that, you know, is Gan telling the truth, I guess, is the, 
the big question of the day. Yeah, there's 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 more to Gan, and there there are actually a lot of fan theories about Gan. <laughs> uh, well, fan not fan theories isn't like really wacky out there things, but just things people have noticed when watching the show, and and we'll get there as they show up. Mm-hmm. But those those instances, uh, and I guess the fact that he's a murderer, are why uh, Gan was. I, I think if if I'm up to date with general Blake Seven opinion, isn't one of the most popular characters. Well, Gan is probably my favorite character. So mine stole Jenna. <laughs> why? Because she's the least uh, annoying. <laughs> annoying. Yeah, I guess she is the least annoying. She does pretty cool stuff. I mean, she like beats up one of those dudes in this episode. She seems to have the most hand-to-hand combat chops, especially when you compare her to Blake, who gets pushed down a rock slide. Yeah, yeah. She's also the one who has the, who seems to be the most certain in her morality, at least. She's probably also the most competent of anyone. <laughs> also true. <laughs> so, they, Jenna and Gan are like, well, you know, one of them was already dead, and we've killed one of them now, but there's, there's still two of them. Although... Jenna kills another one, I think, at some point. They kill the other two a little bit later. Yeah. Um, I think we also now cut to back to Blake, and they get to a locked door, and they're like, oh, no, what do we do? And Phil is like, I got this. This is my only job on this entire show is opening doors. So he opens the door by, by it looks like he just takes out a drill bit, sticks it in the lock, and, and drills through the lock, which, I mean, anyone can do. They're like, Villa had to be the one to do this. I'm sure there are some uh, skills necessary, some things Villa, only Villa can do. Yeah, just like I'm sure there's skills necessary with Avon just pointing his long pointy stick at things <laughs> and just kind of poking them. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure there's lots of skills involved in Jenna's, I'm just going to push this button and the thing's going to come up on the screen. Okay, okay, Jenna actually does seem like the most competent in terms of piloting since she was a smuggler. Okay, that's true. <laughs> Avon. She's the one who teaches everyone how to use the ship, I think. At least that's the implication Pro- I got at the yeah, beginning of the probably. episode. I mean, when <clears> they <throat> first get on the Liberator, Blake asks Jenna if she can pilot it. She's like, I can figure something out. Yeah, Avon's technical prowess seems uh, extremely sketchy limited. At best. Yeah, sketchy at best and extremely limited to like, don't worry, I got this, guys, and then just ruining everything. <laughs> Avon seems like he really upsold his technical prowess when they're on that prison ship just so he could get a way off. And now that he's there, he's like, that guy's been hired for a job who doesn't know what he's doing. So he's like making it up as he goes on. So, shh, shh, shh. <laughs> Like, Googling every problem. <laughs> IT director Googling all the problems. He's like, you know what? Let me put you on hold for a minute. He's like, oh, God, oh, God, quick, quick. Hey, Zen. What do I do, Zen? <laughs> Secretly, he's got, like, a budding friendship with Zen, but they, like, play it off as antagonism when they're in presence of everyone else and no one knows. Best Blake 7 theory. <laughs> this is some in-depth stuff. Anyway, so they get, they get into the... I don't know where they're getting into behind this door, to be honest, because it's not really that clearly explained. <laughs> they wanted to plant the bombs in the control room, even though the explosion seems big enough to just blow up the entire base. From anywhere. Well, they, like... Well, I thought they were, Wasn't like, there planting a line about bombs. this? Yeah, I thought they were planting bombs, but then they get into the base, and then it seems like instead Avon's just going to overload the nuclear reactor to blow it up. And then, and then I was confused, because I was like, wait, what was the plan again? No, they definitely plant bombs, because they put those black boxes everywhere. <laughs> black boxes and, like, actual black boxes, not, like, the, the concept of a black box. 
Well, they definitely also overload the reactor in some way because now Avon's like poking his stick into things and they like deactivate the safety mechanism and Villa's like, is that really necessary? And Avon's like, yeah, because if I don't, then it'll just automatically shut off the reactor. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Maybe this is another instance of him just making it up. It's like, uh, yeah, it's, it is necessary. Of course I need it to be here. Not just the third wheel here. <laughs> Also, this room looks suspiciously similar to the control room of the London. <laughs> well, that's because it probably is the control room of the London. <clears throat> there was a kind of not really that funny scene, but kind of funny scene earlier when Blake calls up to Jenna's like, hey, we found the base. How's it going up there? And Jenna's like, oh, one of the... Never mind. Everything's good. It's going great. We've got it under control. It's great. And Blake, Blake, instead of picking up on the really weird way Jenna played that off, it's just like, oh, okay, cool. We'll call you when we're done. I mean, it is in character since uh, Blake does seem overly trusting of everyone, no matter what. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure why she doesn't explain what's going on. Jenna seems to have this weird thing where she just withholds information from Blake a lot. She does it again in the next episode. Well, I, yeah, the next the instance in the next episode actually makes a lot of sense. But in this episode, yeah, I, I really don't see why she, she does. But whatever. She's trying to sabotage Blake secretly. <laughs> They're all smugglers and criminals and rapists of women. <laughs> to quote Alien 3 again. <laughs> Because that's just such a shining example of prison dialogue. <laughs> so Jenna is... Well, so Jenna and Gan are like, well, I don't know. We forgot to mention that actually that the the like technical readouts of the pod are in another language. And so they had Zen work on decoding it. And Zen figures it out like, Right when Jenna decides to go back to the cargo bay and he basically just info dumps it all to Gan. <laughs> and he's like, oh yeah, turns out it's a colony ship. There's like a gene bank on board to create billions of these people. The four people on board are like guardians and they're designed to basically just kill anyone they come into contact with to protect the gene bank at all costs. And yeah. Gan's like, oh shoot, and Jenna's going back in there. Yeah, I think he mentions <clears throat> that... Um the, the gene bank has the ability to, like, rapidly develop when it's taken out of stasis. Yeah, and when it's powered up, because they plug the pod into the ship to give it power so that they could wake up the four people in cryostasis. Yeah, so this is definitely, like, an invasive species that just goes to planets and just... Takes over. ...miniaturizes millions of its people and just unleashes them. There was also actually another foreshadowing for Gan's limiter early on when Gan was explaining, before Gan explained that he had a limiter, but when he was explaining that he killed a security guard, because he's like, oh, I've got a headache, you know? Yeah, yeah, The whenever Gan says he has a headache, it's his limiter uh, limiting him. <laughs> Gan is, well, Gan wants to go try to stop Jenna, but I guess the limiter's like, no, 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 no. He's basically just like passed out on the console at this point. He's like, no, not powerful enough. And he makes it to the teleporter room to bring the people back because Blake's like, bring us back. Jenna, Jenna, bring us back. The bomb's going to go off, Jenna. And, uh, but eventually Gan, is, who, who is, uh, who's almost passed out over the console, flips the switch and, and brings them back. I'm surprised Gan knows which switch to flip in the teleporter room yeah, to well, bring back. Like we mentioned, they all learned how to do things. <laughs> what if all the buttons just do the same thing? <laughs> when they design the ship, they're just like, ha, 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 whoever finds this ship's going to have a real <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, 
that one switch from the last episode definitely doesn't bring people back. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> so they, they, they come back. Apparently, I guess Blake took extra teleporter bracelets since Callie comes with them. Yeah, and then we see the, the base exploding. A couple yeah. guards die. A whole lot of guards die. Well, a couple on screen die, and, you know, presumably the rest of them do too. Yeah, so Blake's like, that was a good success, guys. We we did it. And then Gan's like, Jenna, Cargo Bay. And Blake's like, what? Oh. So he sent, he's, <laughs> he just sends Avon Villa and Callie to, like, go to the bridge or something. And he, like, runs off to the Cargo Bay. And, and Jenna's, like, fiddling with the electronics. And there's a guy sneaking up on her. And then Blake walks in right at that moment. He's like, Jenna! And she turns around, and the guy lunges at Jenna into the electronics component and, and just gets electrocuted. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we actually don't see the base blow up until right now. <laughs> All right. Wow, huge, uh, huge difference there. Well, it was because I they watched it blow up, and I thought, oh, did they just hard cut away from the cargo bay to them blowing up the pod? But no, actually, that's the base blowing up. And then they eject the pod, and I was like, oh... Okay. They don't show you the pod blowing up, but they have the they have this plan to like destroy the pod. And uh I was surprised that Blake was just okay with destroying all the genetic banks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe they like didn't tell him. Yeah, that might have been the case. <laughs> I mean, really Gan's the only one who knows, right? And Gan was passed out like over the yeah, console. I, I guess that's true. <clears throat> that I mean, really it seems like at this point Blake would only know that there were four people on board, one of which was dead, and three which tried to kill them, and they three killed. Three of which they killed. <laughs> and so there's really, to Blake, nothing on board anymore, except some old, outdated technology that they don't really need, so... I guess. But yeah, that's their plan, eject the ship and destroy it. And and so they which do that. They, yeah. And then Callie's like, well, I don't know what I'm gonna do with my life now since I failed, and my job, though, is also complete, so... <laughs> I can't Blake's go back like, to my people. Well, there's always room for one more on this ship. And Avon's like, you can't seriously believe that <laughs> we need six people. And Blake's like, seven. And Avon's like, you're not counting Zen, are you? And Blake's like, yeah, I am. <clears throat> and that's that. Then they, then they set the course seven. to... Cantoro. To... Cantoro, yeah. This was my favorite episode so far. Uh, all right. I don't know. I just yeah, really liked it. Yeah, this was a really it. good episode. I really liked the the pacing of the two plot lines, and I feel like they did a yeah. And by they, I mean Terry Nation and Chris Boucher did a really good job of balancing all the crew on the ship because I think it's pretty difficult to balance seven characters at least somewhat equally, and I I don't expect that they're going to in the following. No, weeks. they're not. <laughs> Although I do expect that, like over the course of the whole season, everybody will have approximately equal time in the sun. So, like, if one person doesn't get a lot of time in one episode then maybe in the next episode they'll get a bigger focus on them but i think this episode did a really good job of balancing all seven of them yeah this making, episode definitely did uh, by itself at least yeah making it feel like they are they're all important in some way this as you're gonna see and this is pretty apparent even even in the very next episode this is it's it's quickly just gonna become the blake and avon show <laughs> Uh -huh. <laughs> um, but yeah i liked uh i liked the uh, multiple plot lines you know uh how you, how you cut back and forth mm -hmm. um that's something i think the show does really well uh, yeah. which is a surprise considering it was made by a lot of the same people who made classic doctor who which was uh, a lot more linear uh for better or worse 
yeah. so, in some instances better. City of Death was extremely linear, and that uh, was pretty effective. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, here it's it's pretty enjoyable how they do that. This is also the first episode where we finally have the entire seven on board. Well, I mean, Callie is recruited, I guess, in this episode. Yeah. So yeah, they're they're all assembled in this episode. Uh, I am concerned that Callie doesn't really have a distinct purpose she's from the, everyone else she's the ship's psychic Because, <laughs> like you know everyone else has like a pretty it seems like clear defined purpose right well like, they all have their own job uh the extent to which they actually do that job on the show is uh variable variable but yeah well yeah but like you know avon's the tech guy blake's the leader villa's the the lockpick slash pickpocket gans the and comic relief the big cuddly muscle and jenna is the pilot slash smuggler and then zen's the computer so you know at first glance it doesn't seem like there's necessarily room to add callie as a seventh member of the crew and to an extent i kind of agree with avon like six people five people can run this ship and i mean i guess i'll see in the in the in the coming weeks what kind of role Callie falls into, I suppose. I assume that it's going to be more well-defined at some point and that she's not just going to become that one girl who's just there. Because I feel like they'll pretty quickly throw away the whole psychic plotline. Well, like I said, it does just become the Blake and Avon show pretty soon, so it definitely won't just be Callie on the sidelines. (laughs) Ha ha. Um, but I, th- I think we can talk about Gan's limiter and, and sort of the, well, I think these are fan theories surrounding it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think these are necessarily spoilers. Um, but a lot of the reasons why these might be considered spoilers, I'm not sure, but they're extremely minor. And there's something that isn't confirmed and that like, as you watch the show, mm-hmm. um, you can maybe pick up on and see for yourself whether you believe it. But a lot of, the reason why a lot of people believe that um, Gan is like a, a rapist or like a uh, committed like sexual crimes or whatever mm-hmm. is because a lot of the time when he says he has a headache or that his head hurts um is when he's alone with like a woman in a vulnerable position hmm. so that's <clears throat> just something people have picked up on which is interesting yeah i mean that would s- imply that the limiter i suppose has multiple purposes because gan explicitly says oh the limiter keeps me from killing like i'm not allowed to kill anyone yeah and that theory would predicated on the fact that the limiter also makes it i guess undesirable or prevent or completely prevents gan from taking advantage of a woman when she's near him or or, or, in or general. yeah or that gan either doesn't know the full extent to, uh of what the limiter does because it affects his mind or, or something or he just doesn't want to admit uh what he's done yeah or he's um, just lying about it yeah so that I mean, I guess if that if that's true, it's possible he could be lying about it so that he doesn't come I, off as bad. <laughs> well, also, like you wouldn't. <laughs> Jenna's it's not like you'd admit. It's not something you'd admit, but it's also especially not something you'd admit to, like a woman who you're going to be living with probably for the rest of your life on this <laughs> ship, right? You want them to at least trust you to the extent that they'll like put their lives in your hands. So, yeah, I don't know how much of this is actually a part of the show and how much of it is just things people picked up on and, and uh, and yeah, just picked up on, but I guess I'll see as well. Yeah, I mean, it's something to talk about in the future. Now that the limit has been introduced, it's something we can talk about more as it appears, if and when it appears again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, good episode. I 
I'm curious to know just at the end here, I'm curious to know if Zen having a limiter is an actual thing, because it is kind of weird that in this episode, it seems like a lot of things are going wrong with Zen and the ship in general without explanation, except beyond, oh, the computer did it to itself, or the ship just did it without us doing anything. Yeah, I don't know. And the Liberator is uh, uh, really mysterious. Something I'm noticing as I watch these episodes again, I didn't pick up on how just mysterious the ship was. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I really don't know. So I'm curious to know if there's going to be a plot thread about that at, at some point. If there's ever going to be a plot, th if an, if there's ever going to be an episode about them discovering more about the Liberator or anything. I mean, I, if I, mean, I was making... Probably not this season. Yeah, I was going to say, if I was making the show, I wouldn't put it in if that episode in the first season, but I would in like season two or three, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, really good episode. You can email us at thedoctor at decorativevegetable.com. Questions, comments, concerns, angry events, love letters, your thoughts on Callie, the newest member and final member of the Blake 7 crew. You can find us on YouTube at Decorative Vegetable, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts and Google Play at Zenith Blake 7 Podcast. And I also forgot to mention that if you want to subscribe using a different service, we have the RSS feed on the website. You can just copy and paste it into whatever podcasting app you use. All of our social media accounts are consolidated under, well, one account each. So check us out on Facebook, Trust Your Doctor. Like us on Facebook. Also check us out on Twitter at TYD Podcast and follow us on Twitter. And next time we're watching the web. But until then, the end. <laughs>